Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And despite all reports, I'm still Mike Templeton. And uh, this week we're trying something <laughs> I don't new. know why. <laughs> well, it's because this week we're trying something new. We're, uh, we're recording using Discord, using the helpful little bot, Craig. Uh, this way's free, unlike using Zoom like we were before. And, uh, you know, could open up some avenues in the future for uh, ideas. But let us know how the audio sounds. Uh, If it sounds just as good, if it sounds worse, better, better, we'd like to know. All right. So what are we doing this week, Spencer? This week, we're covering episodes one, two, and three of season seven. So that is Tower of Power, Rust Never Sleeps, and A Real Snow Job. Technically, these are part of the European side season. But we are referring to them as season seven because that is how they are uh, when you purchase them on the DVDs or digitally. So, yeah. So if you remember way back, way back to season four, the very first episode, Plan Six from what? Plan Six from Outer Space, right? Yeah. They win a European vacation at the end of that episode. But in America, we just saw the rest of season four. And like Europe and Japan, they saw these episodes. But these episodes weren't aired in America until part of season seven. So that's yeah. why they're lumped in with season seven. So chronologically, these take place after like season four or somewhere in the middle of it. You know? Yeah, so they take place yeah. like roughly season four or season five. Yeah, because the Technodrome's still on that asteroid in Dimension X. So, so all of that confusing stuff out of the way. Uh, it's it, it it's kind of neat because like these episodes are earlier produced ones for all the good and the bad that comes with that. Um, specifically, the good that comes with that, it was neat to see the original opening again. Yes, I man, when I saw that, I'm like, I forgot how much I hate that new opening. I, I it was like, yeah, a third time I have had to say that. <laughs> I found I found that I like subconsciously like do the whooshing too. Oh no. <laughs> it doesn't so like so uh when it got to like one of the whooshing parts in this theme song and it didn't whoosh with me, I was like, Oh <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> this is good. This is the good one. It's like they're the world's most fearsome fighting team. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Even, like, is that it starts off with like a storm rolling in. It's like whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Not a fan. And I, I've said it a million times. Michelangelo is the party dude and he just gets mobbed by foot soldiers. Like, that's yeah. not... <laughs> like we're back. We're back to like Donatello actually like with his super coffee maker instead of the little 
gyrocopter that he makes. And I love that. It's coffee maker. like, this is, this is just, this is just the better theme song. Like, and you don't realize how much you miss it until you, it's gone for two seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one time I was buying a, like a specialty beer at our local liquor store and they had to like use this machine to put it in a can and then like seal the can, you know? And it looked exactly like Donatello's giant cappuccino <laughs> machine. And I told the guy, I'm like, that looks like Donatello's giant cappuccino machine from the opening of Ninja Turtles. He gave me this like really odd look. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I got to show you this opening from an 80s cartoon. <laughs> so, you know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> OK, first of all, I'm assuming this guy was roughly our age. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, what? So I there's was there's no way he was 32 or something. Yeah, I don't know. He must have there's lived his entire no... life in that brewery or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's no way he hadn't seen that at some point. Right. I think he was playing stupid. Yeah, it'd be one thing if he was like twenty or something like that. But if he's if he's like thirty two, like I I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like, like there there are people who who did grow up like with us who like you know just weren't that into cartoons, or they may have been into cartoons and have just forgotten. And that's if that's you, that's totally fine. Like, I mean, I that's... I get it. I maybe subcrit- maybe he was like maybe he was like a Mennonite or something, and this was like his first job away from yeah. You know, there you go. The the carriages or whatever. I don't know what <laughs> the Knights do. <laughs> well, I, oh, the I Amish missed... are getting jobs out here in bars. <laughs> <laughs> when they leave, that's where they go. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't know. I, I missed Harry Potter, so I guess I can't really talk. You know, I was at the ripe age for for Harry Potter, and I that's just that's true. You would never been, saw it. Would have been a Potterhead. Yeah, but I uh, I did not. Instead, I got into like weird. Once again, it's it's the same thing with as like TV where I didn't have cable. I got into like weird other books that no one else was reading. Eleven Thumps and the Gateway to Foo, like like a bunch of books by Obert Sky. Just I don't know. I was always a weirdo. I guess I can't help it. I've never heard of that. Me neither. Exactly. Exactly. I was like the one kid who watched Beekman's World instead of. Uh, Absolutely. I watched Beekman's World too. I love Beekman's World. I used to actually not like Bill Nye because my I didn't realize it was supposed to be like fun. I'm pretty sure I had a teacher that would like fast forward through all the fun stuff and just show us the science stuff. <laughs> I remember I remember liking Bill Nye but getting bored with it frequently, but like Beekman kept your interest. Oh yeah. The only the only problem was that it, it was on CBS out here. And as I mentioned earlier, when we started covering the CBS episodes, I didn't watch Channel 2. <laughs> I didn't go past Channel 7 if I was going down on the TV. You guys watched Bill Nye the Science Guy like on TV? It wasn't shown to you in class? Uh, well, yeah, no, it wasn't shown in class for me. It was shown in class for me. Oh, okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like The teacher would like fast oh, forward yeah. through all the songs and stuff, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, didn't, we didn't get it. Uh, we didn't get it on TV. Or sorry, we didn't get it in class. We I had it on TV. So No, we'd we would watch Bill Nye the Science Guy in class as well as the Eyewitness movies. Eyewitness. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, those are those are religious movies. No, 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 no. It, they Not? were like no, they were like informational like picture books you get from the library, but then they also made these movies that were like educational movies that talked about like Pompeii and things. Had this whole theme song where it was like, doo, oh, doo, doo, I, okay, doo, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like educate, kind of like, kind of like, like zoo books, but like for 
like things. Like Everything, yeah, like books. Like, it could have been anything. God, I remember zoo books. I miss zoo books. Uh, I love. Remember highlights for kids. Highlights for kids. Man. I was gonna say I don't remember where highlights came. Like I never like saw like my parents never got them for me. Like they either just appeared at my grandma's house or like you would randomly get them at school someday. Yeah. They were just littered around the dentist's office for no reason. Yeah. Like, but, but you never like, it's like zoo books were sent to my house, Mm. but, but I never knew where highlights came from. You remember when the teacher used to push out the cart with like the suitcase on top and it was a projector. It would give some really grainy audio and it would go, you have to flip the slide it was always off no so we we had like the the old school like overhead projectors Ooh. with like yeah, little we... plastic like screens they put on there yeah we still had overheads when i was in elementary school it yeah, wasn't until I... I was in junior high that they got like the projectors and they just wheel out like a tv on like a, a tall cart when we watched movies in class we didn't even get like projectors when i was in elementary school oh yeah, man, those those TVs on carts are death traps. I think like six kids die every year from falling TVs. I believe it. I think that's a real statistic. I'm. It's it's like a smaller when they when I heard it, it was like wow, that's not a huge number, but I guess it's more than zero, so that would make it dangerous. I mean, I I do remember that the top of the TV would be like strapped down onto it you know so the tv wouldn't fall off but i mean that's it's still probably top heavy exactly well you don't want to be a statistic that's why it's strapped down like that oh i know 100 <laughs> i figured that's what it was for they always felt like super dangerous and like you never wanted to like go near it or be underneath it at any point yeah <laughs> right. no yeah the you don't want to sneeze you, around it or anything the teacher would ask you to move it and you're like oh no no yeah not today satan <laughs> I don't think we were even allowed to touch it. It was just the teacher that got to wheel at places. Well, by the time you were in school, like so many kids had died already. They were like, <laughs> we're not letting anyone around it. But Mike and I's generation, they're like, you, you get your, like, there's like 20 of you. We can spare one, you know? Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Parents will just make more of you. Right, yeah. Man, what a story. Oh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's tell some other stories. Sounds good. That was a sloppy segue. That was my whole plan, was to just waylay us for 20 minutes so we can get to that segue. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. All right, I'm up first. So the first episode of the European season is Tower of Power. The season code for this is actually EU01 for you know European. Uh, episode one, original air date, September 18th, 1993 in the U.S. Written by Michael Edens. The Ninja Turtles and Splinter win a boat trip to Europe, which delights the turtles. And after some apprehension, Splinter finally agrees that this would be good for them and him as well. However, the trip starts off on a rough note when they find that their boat is a small, rusty one instead of that luxury liner that they were hoping they would. Splinter is eagerly anticipating their arrival in Paris, but the turtles suffer from severe seasickness. Krang sends Shredder equipment to create a giant electromagnetic antenna, which can be used to pull the Technodrome through a dimensional portal to Earth, 
The only structure on Earth, however, that will suit their needs is the Eiffel Tower. The turtles and Splinter arrive in Paris and end up checking out the Parisian sewers. Although the turtles are a bit unenthusiastic, because once you've seen one sewer, you've seen them all. While they're on vacation, they're practicing their ninja skills, and Splinter decides that he's going to easily beat them. April, Vernon, and Irma from Channel 6 are also in Paris to report on the, from the celebrations of Bastille Day. When Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady arrive and wire the Eiffel Tower, transforming it into a in massive electromagnet. Every metal object nearby is immediately drawn up to the Eiffel Tower, including Vernon's microphone during the broadcast. The turtle's weapons are also affected by the sudden magnetic pull, and they go outside to investigate. As they run toward the Eiffel Tower, they can hear April screaming from a nearby kitchen where she's been menaced by flying cutlery. After rescuing her, they make their way to the tower, which has drawn countless metal objects to it, including Shredder's armor. He orders Bebop and Rocksteady to sh He orders Rocksteady to shut the generator down, and all of the objects fall to the ground, including Vernon and Irma, who were hanging on the Eiffel Tower, and who are barely saved by Michelangelo. Zanatella thinks it was a freak atmospheric occurrence, and the turtles go about their sightseeing. They spend some time sightseeing at the Cathedral of Notre Dame, where they are mistaken for gargoyles, and then to the Louvre, where they examine some great art. April finds Shredder and his mutants preparing the generator for another attempt, and is caught when she slips off a ledge. She manages to transmit a message about what Shredder is doing, tipping off the turtles to what is happening at the Eiffel Tower. The turtles then rush to the tower just as it's about to be remagnetized and fight Shredder and his mutants. Shredder manages to momentarily triumph over the turtles and switches on the generator, which begins yanking the tower off of the earth instead of pulling the Technodrome. The turtles manage to get on board and free April while also destroying the generator. The tower then crashes back to the earth once again. Later that night, there are fireworks in celebration of the tower's return, but the turtles have had enough excitement and just want to get back to the sewers. The end. Ba, ba, back to the sewers. All right. That leads us into my story. Episode two, Rust Never Sleeps. This episode was aired in the USA on September 18th of 1993. Obviously, it aired much earlier in Europe. It was written by Lee Schneider and Matthew Malick. So, the turtles are touring Paris. Shredder and Krang accidentally create a rust ray. Krang sends Shredder off with the new Rustalizer to distract the turtles while the Technodrome draws power. When Shredder gets to Paris, he realizes his new toy needs power, so he takes over an apartment and plugs the ray in to the wall to charge it. It starts causing the power across Paris to flicker as it draws all of the power from the city. April flies to Paris to investigate and finds where all of the power is being drawn to. She goes to the apartment and is captured by Shredder. She calls the turtles. Shredder accelerates his plans by sending Bebop and Rocksteady with the Rustalizer to wreak havoc. Uh, they rust the turtles' weapons, then start rusting the Eiffel Tower. Mikey and Don work on stopping them while Raph and Leo go to save April. They find the only apartment with power and go inside to find April and free her. They defeat Shredder by turning off the lights. He flees because he can't see. They go back to help Don Mike and Don, 
and defeat Shredder and crew, who run back to Dimension X. Don reverses the polarity of the rust ray and changes everything that was rusted back to normal. The end. Old storytelling. Now we have a real snow job. Uh, This is the European Vacation Season, Season 7, Episode 3, written by Misty Taggart, originally aired in the USA on September 25th, 1993. So the Turtles have traveled to Austria to visit the Alps and take Splinter to a cave to meditate. April and Irma are also there, coincidentally, to report on the Olympic ski trials taking place. They've even met a hunky young ski instructor named Rudy. But while we're viewing her tapes, April notices that some of the snow caps in the mountains are melting. She confirms with a local meteorologist that the ozone layer is thinning in the area, and they have no idea as to why. But surprise! It's Shredder and Krang planning to melt the snow and flood the nearby villages for some reason. They know April is in the area and send Bebop and Rocksteady to deal with her. They break into her room and kidnap her. She's able to throw out a tape out the window, though, which the turtles use to figure out Krang's plan. April drops her turtle com and Shredder steps on it so she can't contact the turtles, but the turtles are able to follow the snowmobile tracks of Bebop and Rocksteady to find April, and Donatello is able to pick up the radio waves used to destroy the ozone layer. Michelangelo and Leonardo attack the satellites that are sending out those waves with the turtle blimp, while Donatello and Raphael go after Shredder directly, along with Irma and Rudy, her sexy ski instructor, who wasn't an important character until he reveals that he's a cyborg under Shredder's control and attacks the turtles. The turtles destroy Rudy, and Donatello is able to use parts from his robot corpse to reverse the polarity of the ozone-destroying machine. The day is saved, Shredder's left out in the cold, Irma finds a handsome new ski instructor, and the turtles celebrate with a pizza. The end. Riveting. Truly an episode. Truly an episode. Truly three episodes. (laughs) Right. Just what a wild start to this season. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes, like it is is out there because it's Ninja Turtles. But uh, we'll we'll get more into it later. First, let's uh take a stop. Let's get into it in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So the closing credits are different. I don't know if they were different for you guys, but did you notice like the closing credits? Like I don't think that before they've had like the black. Yeah, they for the theme so, song. So, so uh, if you've been watching TV as much as we have over our lives, um, you'll you'll notice that like sometimes like uh TV shows will depending on like when they're in syndication or how they're broadcast, we'll sometimes put like the theme song in a smaller, like horizontal bar on the left-hand side. And then the other side will just be black. And that's where the credits will typically play. And so this is like the first time they did it for uh, turtles. And so it just kind of stood out. That was kind of like, huh? It's it's different. I I kind of like it because like Turtles so far has only had two uh, ending uh, screens, and they've both been static images, and like One, the most random static images, and, too. and like the most random static images too. Like the you know the classic one of them you know from the miniseries trying like looking for the Technodrome, and then the second one is them sliding down an elevator shaft. 
And so this, like, having some motion over the end credits it is kind of refreshing in addition to hearing the original theme song. Like, I like that. Now, something that's not like the original from the first couple seasons is Raphael's voice. Oh, yeah. In all three of these, he's voiced by a different guy. Uh, in the entire European season, he is voiced by uh, Hal Rayleigh, who I mentioned was in uh, the last episode that we, that we covered. I wonder what Rob Paulson was up to. Rob wasn't invited to Europe, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They didn't actually record these in Europe. But yeah. that would, that would, that's just very funny. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why Rob wasn't available for these. But like literally everyone else is. Well, also except um, Shredder in, in at least the first two, epi- uh, first two episodes. Uh, yeah. He's played by Jim Cummings again. Yeah. Yeah. Who it's been a while since we've heard. Uh, actually, no, sorry. It's, it's only in my episode uh, where he was played by Jim Cummings. Um, and it's been a while since we've heard Jim as Shredder. Um, it's it's not bad, but you can always tell it's not James Avery. Yeah, it's a little more aggressive. Yeah. yeah. And slightly Southern. <laughs> and just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just, just ever so slightly. slightly, ever so slightly Southern. I just, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I'll talk and I'll start hearing like Hondo Anaka or some of the other people he plays. And- <laughs> Do you but, really need the the cruise even to go to Europe if you've got the blimp? That's a good point. It's a very good point. Yeah, like <laughs> they they clearly did not need to win this trip. Well, and they stay go. in the sewers, so like they're not in like a. It's they said it was an all expenses paid trip, but they're still living in the sewers. Yeah, like why is no one putting them up in a hotel? Like if it's if it's all expenses paid, I mean, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's like. And and they they go over and it's like not super inconspicuous like you know the, the turtles aren't wearing their mask like their their baby masks and Splinter is like wearing a just just a hood with his entire face exposed right like yeah. they're not they're not hiding like normal uh, they even mentioned it's a giant rat like yeah oh, if he goes overboard we know we gotta go you know what I, what I yeah. what I also kind of found interesting was that the um. That, like people have different reactions to the turtles though. Like people like, like, like how we talk about how, like, does the city of New York know who the turtles are? Like, and they do, but like in, in other countries, they don't. I just kind of found that interesting. Yeah. So in Europe, you know, Michelangelo couldn't use his nunchucks. That's why they're called hero turtles, but he like totally uses his nunchucks. It has them on his back the entire time through these episodes. Well, and well, also like these episodes aren't called Hero Turtles, right? It's strange. I mean, I they know. probably were in Europe, but probably in the you know the versions in English they they aren't. And so, like, I I assume that might have been the case, but like, I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't have like re-edited it back for the DVD release. I mean, the nunchucks, definitely not, you know, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, if, if it's airing in Italy, it's not going to be dubbed in English like it is here. You know, it's going to be right. Italian dubbed or you know, any whatever country it airs in. Uh, England would be the only change where they'd probably have to say hero instead of ninja. Maybe they just avoid the word ninja and the theme song is different. I, I don't know. I Maybe we believe should the theme song is different. Yeah. 
Maybe, um, maybe maybe I'll try and oh, see. If I just I can decided find... to listen to the Hero Turtles theme song for the first time ever. Ooh, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I've never uh, actually like listened to it. I think they edit the opening too. Well, yeah, it's 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 clearly like scribbled over, uh, yeah. like, and they wrote "Hero" over "Ninja," um, but also like it fades in different, like it fades in differently than normal. Like, you'll, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, in this episode, the turtles disguise themselves as gargoyles, which is something that Michelangelo did in Volume Three of the comics. And oh. uh, Raphael will visit the sewers of Paris in Tales of Volume 2 of the comics. So there you go. A little comic book trivia for you. That's mm-hmm. all I got. Ready to move on. Oh, <laughs> all right. Alrighty, then Russ never sleeps. I feel like the animation looks like a lot different. At least it's not so much the animation, but like just the art style. Like Burn looks almost like he got like a complete makeover. He's not like as thick and everything as he normally is. Yeah, I don't know. Like he looked way different to me when well, April was talking to him. It's it's real jarring, especially because like we're now back to season four mm-hmm. animation. Even though we've been like like five and six have been pretty good and pretty consistent, and this like these episodes look wild compared to those. Yeah, like we're very much back in the bad animation era. Uh, yeah, yeah. This show, which I did not miss. Uh, let's see. This episode was written by Spencer. You said it up top. It is Lee Schneider and Matthew Mollick. And this is their only episode. Yeah, I was going to, uh, I didn't mention Michael Eaton. Uh, that is his only episode for the series too. Is it really? Wow. Uh, there's also, nope, I lied. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure I've say? heard Eden I... before. Uh, he has done, uh... oh, he did pizza by the shred. I was going to say, yeah, I'm like, maybe it's Eden and not Eden's. It, it, it's Eden's. Because <laughs> okay. uh, Pizza by the Shred was Michael Eden's and Mark Eden's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, say, maybe it was I lied. Mark Michael Eden's has done a bunch of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, though, hang on. He's only done. Oh, no. He's done a bunch of that we've already gone over, but he's done them with Mark Eden's. Uh, yeah. So camera bugged. Back in season three, Mutagen Monster. Back in season three, Pizza by the Shred, uh, the Ninja Sword of Nowhere, classic one. Uh, Funny they shrunk Michelangelo, Ring of Fire, and the Lost Queen of Atlantis will be his last episode. Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire is uh, coming. Ring of Fire and Lost Queen of Atlantis are coming up later. Okay, cool. European season. So I lied, Michael Edens. You've done a lot. There is a, a Ghostbusters reference in here. That they was funny. Who, who are you going to call? And they say Rust Busters. Rust Busters. Boy. They're going to stop them from rusting stuff. Uh, also, Rust Never Sleeps is the title of an album by Neil Young and the band Crazy Horse. Oh, man. I, I love Neil Young and Crazy Horse together well, there you go it was like a tour they went on and they cut a live album out of it oh wow yeah no they've, they've got really great stuff together i i want to say i really like their welcome to to greendale or maybe it's just called greendale anyway cool mm-hmm. stuff 
This is also at least the third appearance of some sort of Phantom of the Opera type character when the turtles dress yep. up as one. So. <laughs> yep, I was going to mention that too. Yet another Phantom of the Opera. It's granted, the whole episode isn't based on the Phantom of the Opera, so I'll let it slide, but... They, they just can't resist. Yeah. Yeah, I only have 15 cents, but it's weird that it happened three times, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it's too many times at this point, guys. All right, let's... I, I get it. The Phantom of the Opera is, you know, a huge piece of... I don't know, literature... Was It started as literature, right? Or, or did it start as a musical? Uh, did it start as an opera? Or an opera. I, I don't know. It, it's been around for forever, though. I get it. You know, cultural milestone... But we don't have to reference it this much in a show about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right. But let's, let's put it to bed. Thank you. All right. A real snow job. Now, a snow job is not something that you need to pay extra for. A snow job is a deception or concealment of one's real motive in an attempt to flatter or persuade. So, there you go. Yes. I, it's, it also, it's also a G.I. Joe. Also a G.I. Joe. Yes, it's also GI Joe. I, you know, I, I don't know if it was in last week's bonus content or not. I might have taken it out, but uh, yeah, it's no job. It's a real thing. It's a, an actual thing people say. Apparently, uh, I only, I only know him at the the, the GI Joe. So, and it's really only because of the PSAs. Does he try to deceit or conceal his real motive in an attempt to flatter or persuade others? Uh, you know. Similarly, he does tell kids to give him the stick and then don't give him the stick. So, uh, hmm. you know, take that for what you will. Oh, I will. Let's see. Did everybody notice that the turtle van has an extra set of tires with treads for snow? I, I, I did was notice. Adorable. I did notice that. <laughs> and then when Rudy reveals he's a cyborg, uh, Irma's like. Hey, I'm open-minded about these things. <laughs> yes, which is I had that I had that in my in my later. Uh, yeah, which is funny, but also like oh. she went out with Rex one, didn't she? Yeah, she did. I mean, yeah. so we know she's open to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did. I don't know if it was. An, I don't know if it was intentional. Um, but Rudy, I don't. Okay, I don't know if it was intentional, and I don't know if it was just because I was had this on while I was driving. I wasn't watching it while I was driving. I just was listening to it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Rudy kind of looks like Balky from Perfect Strangers. Which I'm probably the only one here <laughs> that gets that reference. I was going to say yeah. you were listening with your eyes, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, but yes, uh, mount. It's slightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was on it was on a mount. <laughs> um they like he looks like Balky from uh Perfect Strangers, which was a sitcom in the late eighties, uh early nineties that I just absolutely loved. Um mostly because of the theme song. Like I just adored that show. Balky was an immigrant who came to live in the US with his cousin. Um and shenanigans ensued because, you know, fish out of water story and everything is Balky was an immigrant from like a fake country where they like raised sheep and everything. So like he moved to Chicago. Um, anyway, nobody remembers perfect strangers other than the theme song and Balky's catchphrase. Don't be ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but the only thing that like 
Perfect Strangers is known for really is that the show Family Matters with Steve Urkel was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. So you don't you don't get perfect you don't get Family Matters without Perfect Strangers. Hmm. I used to love Family Matters. I see that's the thing. Everyone loves Family Matters. Nobody remembers Perfect Strangers. Yeah, it's it's funny when the spinoff is actually way way more successful than the original thing. And that's the thing is like Perfect Strangers went on for like seven seasons. I'm so mad because like only the first two have ever been put out on DVD. Hmm. And Perfect Strangers isn't. It's not playing anywhere. Like it's not on Hulu or any other streaming service. It's like check right now to make sure I'm not incorrect about that. (laughs) Are you just gonna listen to it in the background? Just listen with your eyes. (laughs) The theme song is okay. The theme song is really good though. Like something something about it. It's it's perfect, perfectly eighties. It slaps, as the kids say. Uh, kids do not say that. They say that, dude. It's a real thing. Oh, they did put out the final seasons. Son of a gun. And the kids they, do in fact okay. say that things slap. In my, okay, in my defense. Yeah. In in my defense, uh, the first two the first two second season the first and second seasons were bundled together. Um, and that came out in two thousand eight. So literally twenty five years ago. Or it, 15, 15 years ago. 15 years ago. I can do math. I was about to say I, I was, DVDs weren't a thing. I, I was gonna I was gonna say I was gonna say 20 years ago, and then I was like, no, it's five years off. So I of course I added five years instead of right. subtracting five years. Right. Um so it came out in 2000. Uh the, the first two seasons came out in, in 2008. The third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth seasons all came out in 2018. So as way off of my radar <laughs> by then. Wow. I just assumed they never came out. Hmm. Good thing you're on this podcast. It's a good thing I'm on this podcast because now I'm thinking about Perfect Strangers again. Uh, and Spencer, feel free to put the theme song in anywhere in here. What if you just sang it for us real quick? Because it's, it, it's not so much the lyrics. Uh, well, I mean, it is the lyrics. Well, it, why don't you sing it to me, and I'll decide if it's the lyrics or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because it needs like it. It it's called "Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now" uh, by David Pomeranz. Mm-hmm. David Pomeranz, um, big big time like composer for like TV shows and stuff. Um, but like, oh, nothing, nothing's gonna stop me now is really good. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Unless you want to sing a few bars, you know. Uh, I definitely don't want to sing a few bars, because uh, because again, it's not just the lyrics; it's the, it's like the instruments th- that build up to it. Oh, okay, all right. That's what and really like, slaps, and that's that's what really slaps, right. and also the chorus. But it's like right. it's 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 got this like good synth sound, with like a harmonica. Uh, that sounds like something that would indeed slap. Um, I will. Right, I just put it in the group chat because <laughs> <laughs> I need you guys to hear it. Well, we. we I will. Oh yeah, I'll listen to it afterwards. Yeah, yeah I'll listen to it after. No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna pause. <laughs> you guys are gonna listen to it, and you're gonna agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready to move on to anchovies. Yeah, I guess so.
No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. All uh, right. Tower of Power. We are back to just terrible animation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Uh, and then just the weird title cards. Again, I forgot to mention that in the last section because I kind of missed them, but also at the same time, like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's like this whole moment where April, when she's like getting kidnapped by B up in Rock City, where she's like, I'm being held by these mutants. I know it just feels like she doesn't know who Bebop and Rocksteady are. Yeah. Well, so that's so that's the that's like the weird thing is that like it feel like this episode feels like everybody just doesn't know who they are or like where they are. Yeah. Because Tower Power and then Rust Never Sleeps feels like they're both the first time the turtles got there to Paris. Yeah, no, there's there's that too. I was gonna get to that when we talked about Russ Never Sleeps. How they, they anyway they revisited like the Eiffel Tower in each one. Like it it feels like the turtles just got to Paris for the first time and Russ Never Sleeps. But because like, uh, because that was the thing is like between Tower of Power and Russ Never Sleeps, April flies back to New York, then back to Paris. Yeah, right. <laughs> like. <laughs> And there's no way Burn is doing is paying for that, not just April, but also Irma. Mm-hmm. Vern, Vernon didn't come back the second time. Um, but it's like, it, it's just, it was so weird the way that was written. And then it's like, they were so surprised that like the turtles were in Paris. Like Shredder was so surprised that the turtles were in Paris in Russ Never Sleeps, even though he just like fought them in Tower of Power. Yeah. And even when I was like, even when I was like watching that, um, I was kind of like, oh, like I couldn't remember for sure if they had fought Shredder uh, in Tower of Power. So I was like, I was going to kind of give it a um, give it a pass. But then I was like, no, they actually did fight Shredder in Tower of Power. So no pass. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It's definitely a weird thing. But like we say all the time, this shows where continuity goes to die. Yeah, uh, and like it's another example. The Channel Six game is there for like the flimsiest of reasons, and like the turtles don't even seem to like question it at all. <laughs> There's like, oh, April's here, you know? They, yeah, it's it's just weird. Yeah, and the other thing that happens at the Tower of Power is that like this whole thing has to do with magnetism, and they've got like objects that like lift and like fly because of the magnetism, but then they like just they hit the wall and they like bounce and just like fall to the ground again. And it's like, if this is a magnet and we're saying it's attracting all these metals, like all this stuff should be like sticking to the wall and still like be attracted to it. You know, it doesn't just like fling it across the room for a second and then it stops. I don't know. There's so many scenes of like things like flying, smacking into a wall and bouncing right off and just like going back to the floor. And it's like, it's like, it's like it, it's, it's not so much. They like they're magnetic all of a sudden. It's like they lost gravity. Like they're just, they're not, they're not like being pulled. They're like just kind of like floating. I like it. Sorry. Donatello's like, uh, whoa, that was weird. Must have been like a weather disturbance or something. And then just walks away. It's like, what? Cars were being pulled off. Yeah. Like Donatello, like there's a bit more going on here, bud. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like earlier turtles again. Yeah. Well, because it is. (laughs) It is. Yes, exactly. And that's all my anchovies for tower of power. Well, okay. So, Splinter very specifically called like when, when they go to the Eiffel tower, he very specifically calls it the tallest freestanding, um, 
like the tallest freestanding structure in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it stands at 906 feet tall. Uh, okay. The Tokyo tower is much taller. <laughs> it's a hundred. It's a, it's a over a hundred feet taller. When was the Tokyo tower made? 1958. Oh, so it wow. definitely existed. It definitely existed. <laughs> the yeah. Eiffel Tower is older and is an engineering, you know, marvel for the time, but the Tokyo Tower is much taller. Maybe they were using a really outdated encyclopedia at the time. <laughs> I mean, <Right>. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like as a child of the 90s, I only learned of the Tokyo Tower because of Sailor Moon. So, like I I get it if they didn't know, but I mean, and of course like they need they they have to visit the Eiffel Tower in the European vacation season. Of course, yeah. it just feels it just felt really weird and like I f- I instantly felt the need to to fact check that. <laughs> yeah, maybe much any t- pretty, pretty much like- anytime they like spout something that's real as like fact in this show, like I feel like we have to fact check it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready for our next episode? Uh, well, one second. So the way like April drops her calm in this one as well, when she like pulls it out and she just like, so yeah, Russ never sleeps. So the way April drops her calm in this one is like extra stupid. Like she has it in her hand and it's almost like it just like flies out of her hand. Like it just, it looks not natural at all. And like the dumbest thing you could possibly do. (laughs) Yeah. When she pulled it out, I was like, finally, she didn't drop the damn thing in the middle of getting kidnapped. And she immediately drops it for like unprovoked. She's not like pushed or shoved or her arm slapped or anything. She just drops it. Like, Jesus Jones, why, why is this always happening? It's, it's that, you know, that whole plot device thing where they created the, the turtle comms that, and then to answer your question of like, well, why don't they just use the turtle comms? They then have to make the character lose the turtle. Make it have crow. It happens more often, I feel like, than them actually using them. Yeah, you're 100% right. It, at the end of this episode, there's these discs that Threader, that Threader, that Shredder throws, and but they look like turtle comms, and they uh, act like boomerangs, and we've never seen those before, and it frustrated me very much. And we never saw them again. Never saw them again. Also, Leo defeats Shredder by turning off the lights, guys. Like he runs away. Shredder has his sword drawn, ready to strike Raphael, who's captured. Leo turns off the lights and he's like, I can't see, and just runs and just runs away, like leaves everything. You know, it's been a while since we've said it, but anybody that thinks that this is peak Shredder, like, come on, guys. It's it's not peak in the way you think it's peak. Yeah, it's it's peak goofiness. Yeah, yeah. It's not like ninjas are known for being masters of darkness or anything. <laughs> and, and not even that, like 10th level ninjas like Orokusaki. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Be at least able to navigate the darkness. Right. I mean, all I'm saying is that this is, in my opinion, the newest low for Shredder. Like, <laughs> like the kids defeating him was pretty bad, but having the light switch turned off and you're out of that room running away because the lights are out, like... Like you're defeated by someone turning off the lights. Like that is easily the lowest. I think this is the lowest point for Shredder in this whole series. Yeah, he could have just held the sword. I mean, he's in a room with three of his enemies, two of which are completely unarmed. 
he yeah. just like hold his sword out and just like spin in a circle until he like felt something and was like ha <laughs> have you have you ever seen that video of that of that kid in like that uh spook alley and they like the lights are off and he like takes off his shirt and just starts punching like yeah just that, do that yeah. <laughs> all you gotta do is do that with your sword you know just just start swinging it around <laughs> exactly you're not gonna hit a friend <laughs> and even if he did he's shredder he wouldn't care if he hit bebop and rocksteady with a sword probably right so, no, he w- would not care about that oh also at the top of the episode, Krang says, like, sends Shredder out with this rustalizer, this rust ray, t- as a distraction. Because he, sa- he says, like, as a distraction while he, like, draws power for the Technodrome or something like that. Like, and I'm like, where's where's he getting power from? What's the power plan? And then he gets mad at Shredder for, like, failing. But it's like, there was no failing to do what exactly? Like, you distract them because he was distracting them. Like, where where were you getting power from? Were you getting power? What? What was going on anyway? That's a good yeah. point. Especially because like this is one the of those... in, a, in another dimension right now. How could the turtles even interfere with them? Yeah, this is one of those episodes where like I feel like Krang just wanted the Technodrome to himself for a bit, <laughs> and just like gave Shredder the stupidest thing he could think of. Like Shredder, Shredder screwing up his engine was like the last straw, and he was like, "You know what? I need some alone time. Yeah, I need like, some alone time." Hey, Shredder, go distract the turtles with it. You know, genius, dude. Way to go. You could use this. Yeah, yeah. Go, go get. Well, out, no, out. remember, he didn't know the turtles were in Paris. That's true. That's, yeah, um, like just, I they, feel like this is this is definitely like this was their only episode, and they only got like the roughest notes for like what was going on because like. I'm pretty sure they think that Shredder is a man made of metal. Because yeah. when he rusts over, he can't move. And it's like, yeah. it's strapped to his elbows. Like, or his, like his forearm. Like, you could totally move. Yeah, yeah. these definitely are not inhibiting his joints in any way. No, so I think, I think maybe they were a late ad. <laughs> they needed to get a, a script out. You know, it's Friday. A script's got to be in by Monday or something. I don't know. Yeah, like it, it, it just it felt so weird and like kind of disconnected from that first episode, um, almost because like we were seeing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, there's a point in this episode where Raphael says that the bad guys are going back to Dimension X and are getting an X-rated lecture from Krang, and either Ew. I don't understand that joke or I don't like the implications or both. <laughs> I think part of it is just is just the very weird delivery because it's like it's not Rob Paulson saying it, so it doesn't have the same like snarkiness to it. What is an X-rated lecture? No, we can't talk about that on this show. I was gonna say I don't like the implication. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, are we good to move on to the snow job? Yep. Yep. The real X-rated lectures. <laughs> oh. Uh, just what an absolutely boring episode. Oh my god. There's so much talking, but nothing really happens in the episode. Yeah. I, I picked this episode to specifically mention that, like, these episodes are, like, the most generic of the generic for this series. Like, straight up, if you want to be like, what is a typical episode of the 87 series like, I would show them one of these episodes, because... It's like the most basic plot thing of like, yes, Shredder goes and terrorizes something. The turtles stop him, send him back to Dimension X. The end. Like, you know, repeat. Yeah, rinse and repeat. repeat. 
yeah rinse and repeat like this is these are like the most generic of the 87 series i've seen in a long time like, yeah. I feel like in seasons, like, five and six, they were trying to, like, change things up a little bit. Maybe the writers were getting bored, trying to, like, add a little bit of spice in there. These, not at all. Like, it is straightforward, basic 87 series. Oh, yeah. April drops for Turtle Con again in this episode, guys. Yeah. No, it's got, a, it's got it all. It's got it all. Yeah. Like, absolutely generic. Well, and talking <laughs> about, like, cra- like, crazy convoluted plot, so Shredder sends... Bebop and Rocksteady to take care of April. But April's with the ski instructor that we later learn is a cyborg under con- the control of Shredder. Why didn't he just have the cyborg kill her immediately? Why go through all this rigmarole? Why are they, why are they melting? Why are they trying to flood these villages? That's never explained. The whole thing. It's awful. It's an awful episode. Yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. Are we going to go on to I Love Being a Turtle? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Which probably, we probably have to after that. Yeah. yeah. I, get, I, like, I already opened with that. That was just the worst. Oh, I love being a turtle. All right, so Tower of Power. What do you guys got? Uh, Michelangelo has what I thought was a very hilarious joke, which he says, culture is for yogurt lovers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. That's a good there, one. There's another one. It's like it's like a very subtle like thing that Irma says, um, and I had to like rewind it to like make sure I heard what she was saying, because um, the captions also say it too. Uh, when she's like, when her and Vernon are hanging, because um, they're they're pulled they're pulled up to the Eiffel Tower and they're like hanging and everything. Like Vernon Vernon says something. And Irma's like, if you make this joke, I swear. Snip. And I was like, what? Yeah, she pulls out scissors, right? Because they're hanging by a rope. Oh, did she pull out scissors? I'm pretty sure she pulls out scissors. But I was just like, okay, so I didn't see the snizzer, the, the scissors, but I was like, oh my god, is she threatening to cut off? <laughs> well, she still could be with the scissors. Right? Yeah, I mean, she definitely could yeah. be like, She's definitely threatening him, though. Oh, I, yeah. I, I just thought that was so fun. Like, just the line reading was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of threatening, like, Shredder is straight up going to kill April in this episode. Like, he traps her in the, the elevator of the Eiffel Tower. He's like, uh, the Titanic drum's going to crash here, so uh, goodbye forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, that's way more deadly than Shredder has ever been, you know? It's his first trip to Europe. He's got it. Right. It's the most deadly he's been since he chopped down that tree branch in the park to show those thugs who's boss. <laughs> what a strange thing we've dedicated our free time to. Yeah. <laughs> this little franchise of ours. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah same. All right. Rust never sleeps. So this artist that like Bebop and Rocksteady accost, they throw him through the door. And for the rest of the episode, there's like a man-shaped hole in the door. I thought that was hilarious. It was good, it was, it was good continuity. Yeah. And in, the a artist, show that's, in a show that's very terrible with continuity. Yeah, yeah. And the artist says before he gets thrown out, um, they're like looking at, his, at one of his paintings. He's like, I did that during my Cubist period. And then you'll notice like all the other paintings in his room are of just like cubes stacked together, yeah. which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, I definitely think that was, uh, you know, 
the the people doing the art for the episode being like, man, I, I can't paint a whole bunch of like works of art for this guy. We're just gonna do a bunch of cubes. Like we're just right. doing cubes. <laughs> bunch of ice cubes. Just stack them up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it when like Shredder tells Krang that he needs a plastic surgeon after you know he says like Krang says he's gonna go see like his makeup artist or makeup specialist. And then Crank's just like, oh, you're going to need a plastic surgeon more than a makeup specialist. <laughs> Quite the dig. I got to say, I do kind of like the rust-colored weapons. Um, very, I, I mean, they're very reminiscent they, of, the, of the Playmates toys. I think that might be it. Um, and I, I especially love when like Shredder gets uh, rusted all over and he can't move and he's just like, oil, oil me! Can. <laughs> yeah. Oil can! Oil me! Hilarious. Peak cinema. All right. The real snow job. I actually like the extra treads on the on the turtle van. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I I actually kind of liked the cyborg twist because of Irma's joke because I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Like Mike did when she says I'm open to these kind of things, which once again feels like it's actually keeping in continuity, which is rare for uh, you know referencing. Rex one. I don't know if it like directly references Rex one other or just directly references that Irma's a freak. I, I just feel like, yeah, it's canon that which like role is open to dating robot men, you know? Yeah. yeah. Irma. She's done it before. Irma. I meant Irma. Yeah, it's not April. That Irma is open to dating robot men, you know. It's yeah. just it is canon. And it's like, get it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh she, she she's she's in another she's in another country. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> what happens in the Alps stays in the Alps. Yeah, exactly. But it also and just, and know, like we said, he looks like Balky from Perfect Strangers, who, right. who was cute in that show. So yeah, no, d- definitely for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this show uh, is so crazy that there's a part where like, uh, uh, it's I think it's Leonardo. He's driving the turtle van, and he like downs a periscope that's like rotating on the top of the thing and he looks out of it it's like dude you're driving like that can't be safe <laughs> but it was so ridiculous I, I thought it was very funny <laughs> what a what a wild start to this European vacation that we're on yeah it is kind of like I don't I don't know I, I feel like we had been in a rut and we're definitely like veering into another rut I feel like but, yeah. but it's kind of yeah. a familiar rut that like at least leaves itself open to like absurd anchovies, like Shredder getting defeated by turning off the light. Yeah. You know, like the last couple of seasons, like the anchovies have been like ticky tacky things. These are like real. Yeah. It's legitimate been, it's been problems. A, well, yeah. Well, that's what we're saying. Like it's been a while since we've had like these kind of anchovies because these are season four and five episodes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, also, apparently, this is uh, this episode and uh, Russ Never Sleeps are the only times that James Avery plays Shredder in this season. Oh, really? Oh. So we're going to go back to J- or Jim Cummings. Unless it's the other guy. There was, uh, there Dor- was other Dorian guy. Haywood? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Remember, we, uh, we, we did his last episode a couple seasons ago. Okay. Well, never mind then. It's Cummings time. All right, oh, don't. That's not a good joke. <laughs> you stop that. What? What joke? I wasn't joking. Anyway, good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
So yeah, three. What, what a way to kick off the European season. Uh, on to the news. April O'Neil, Channel Nine News. Uh, Channel Six News. So literally just announced this morning. Uh, I was I was literally driving to work when I, when I got the tip. Uh, Polygon.com, popular new video game news website, uh, did an exclusive reveal uh, that the Last Ronin is becoming a video game. Man, like I, I was so stoked upon hearing this. I, I was super excited and was surrounded by people who did not care. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't. I didn't have anyone to tell. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's too bad. I mean, who, you were gonna, you were gonna tell us, and we yeah. already also knew. So yeah, we already yeah. also knew. So I was immediately like getting on social media to see what people were saying, trying to, you know, like trying to like, you know, with my phone because I, I just, I had to, I had to get it out somewhere. Well, yeah. it's the turtles fandom, so people were complaining already. Anyway. Uh yeah yeah no definitely, but uh, but yeah what a what a cool thing uh so like I said Parag- uh, polygon dot com uh if you check our socials I did link the story, um that uh so they did an interview just kind of talking about uh that they did uh, the interview was with Doug Rosen who's the senior VP president for games and emerging media at Paramount Global so like the guy who would be in charge of approving this yeah um. And specifically mentions that uh, they are thinking that this would be like a cool action RPG, like the modern God of War game. It would be God yeah. of War and God of War Ragnarok, which just released. Yeah, and I, we don't know who the developer is, and like you know, we don't know who the studio who's making the game is yet. And so, you know, I guess you know, I I don't blame anyone for having hesitation there. But it's still at the same time, like we are getting a Turtles game that isn't a beat 'em up, that is going to be aimed. It sounds like at an older audience from everything Rosen has said, you know. So like it, it <laughs> sounds like it's going to be at the very least T, you know, probably M. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. If we're all that was the weird thing to me about the article is like it's like there's gonna be a game eventually, but there was like no date or title or developer or platform yeah it almost seems like he's like having a hard time selling it. he's like oh well let's put out a news story and, and like when developers see how excited people are for that then they'll buy they'll buy on to we need to make this game you know i mean which yeah. isn't a bad idea i mean right, right. <laughs> he's he, throwing his fishing yeah it's free advertising right free advertising sure article i'm pretty sure in the article they said they do have a developer they're just not announcing it yet. Uh, oh okay I, I must have missed that then and so I, I um again but but keith uh keith was right like they don't mention like a specific release date other than saying like it's a couple years out um which brought me to my next point of like remember last year we talked about how a um i think it was a toy world magazine um had revealed that there was a ninja turtles like triple a game in development um this doesn't sound like it's it because this doesn't mention that announcement and also like that announcement originally had said that it was a 2023 release and this like we said is a couple years out according to um polygon and rosen so yeah, and so they could be talking about this. I mean, because I mean, they may not. I mean, I don't. 
they may not have realized how long it takes to come out with a video game when they <laughs> well i mean i would yeah, i would hope yeah. they do. i would hope they wouldn't realize that um we're I not saying definitively that. that it is not that it's just i just didn't find that likely because it because it didn't mention that in that article specifically said 2023 but also like this is polygon doing an interview with someone specifically from paramount specifically the guy who would be in charge of knowing when that game would come out so yeah it stands to reason that this is probably that art that um but like I said, could be two different things i would find it wild that there's two triple a ninja turtles games in development at the same time i, I would too because like th- that's the thing is like the other thing i'm really hoping that this that this game does is that it, besides you know just it, of course i hope it's just good uh and you know does some great stuff. me i hope it's bad yeah i hope it's terrible <laughs> you know uh but you you can get some good storytelling with it and like if we can do those things i just feel like it would help bring like the word i was kind of using earlier when i was talking to some of the guys on discord on it about it today is like prestige because like like to the turtle like name because Ninja Turtles is a popular household name. Like, yes, it's super common. It's out there. Everyone knows about it, knows that it exists. But, like, it doesn't have, like, prestige to it. Like, like the way, like, a Batman title or something. You know, prestige sounds, like, really... And so, like, I feel like it's kind of the wrong word for pulpy, comic booky things. But there's, you know, like, there's all sorts of writers and people, like, all chomping at the, at the bit to work on something Batman, you know? Everyone's probably going to throw their hat in the ring to make a Batman game or do something like that. And so if we could have that same thing happen for modern Ninja Turtle games that, you know, are more than just beat-em-ups, and we can get, like, good quality and just more stuff like that out of Turtles, that would be amazing. Anyway, that, that's well, I get what you mean, because, like, Turtles... I mean, and, and granted, like, Turtle Mania is, a, is kind of the cause of that. Like, nobody thinks of Turtles, like you said, as, like, a prestige thing, which is... I think why like last Ronin took off so much because everyone was like, Oh dang, a dark and gritty Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just getting a serious story with it. You know, like I think for whatever reason that ended up hitting hard enough for people to get into it. I think the IDW series is just as good and has just as good as stories like the, the regular ongoing comic and could catch on. I, I think that, the last Ronin, you know, announcing Kevin Eastman is here as hard as they did and also throwing Peter Laird's name on the covers kind of will help bring more people into the fold with it. Uh, you know, and also... Oh, I mean, Mark, you're not, you're not like wrong. Turtle. This is also okay. why I, I kind of think that, like, this article was maybe a little bit of a shopping around of the idea because, like, like first player... Or first... One-player Turtles games don't sell nearly as well as the classic beat-em-ups you know (laughs) yeah and and so like and that's another thing that's like going to be really interesting with this is like is this a story that's like is this a last ronin tale like kind of like lost years where it's like every everything that rose everything that rosen said sounds like they're going to be adapting the comics like it even sounds like you will be like playing the other turtles in their flashbacks Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah and so that's kind of been the big like discussion today on um everywhere i posted this article and it it's it's interesting to see like kind of the fan reaction like people are, are uh excited about it there, and there was somebody complaining that like last ronin's getting oversaturated which like huh 
<laughs> it has one comic book and some action figures. What do you mean? Yeah, like, like I mean, I guess we're getting like a a spin-off series to it, but it's literally just a comic. <laughs> yeah, like it's like calm down, dude. Um and and even then like it's only it's been 3 years, like it's been a while. We can have the spin-off now finally 3 years later. And some action figures. And know, some action right? figures. Like that's literally it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like and and so a lot of people, you know, kind of spitballing like what developers they could be. Um, and and so like uh, Insomniac, who did the Spider-Man games, was thrown around. Uh, From Software, who did you know Elden Ring and uh, uh, Sekiro. Um, and then also uh, Sucker Punch, who did Ghost of Tsushima, would be really cool. Yeah, either way, I am hyped for this game uh, already. You know, granted, maybe I should keep my expectations a little low, so I'm not too disappointed if it turns out to to flopper, you know, have some issues. But uh, I don't know. I find myself being hopefully optimistic. It's, I, I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima. I want to. Um but like from what I've seen of it, that would probably be the closest one I could see being like uh, the inspiration for this. Like God of War, yeah, obviously that's that that's the big inspiration for it. But I think like Ghost of Tsushima would be kind of cooler. Yeah, um, just from what I've seen. Like I said, I haven't played it yet. Um, but also, I'm also the guy who personally wanted like uh, I want I wanted Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yeah, like I want to say that for years. <laughs> yeah, like I want to like not just be like not just the team of the four turtles that you control all four of them, but like I want to be able to like swap them in and out with different characters. Yeah, yeah. I think unfortunately, like this ship is sailed on that, and like even if we got it, it would be so just like loot crazy. I don't know. I think some. I think someday it. it'll happen. I think it, someday it'll cool. happen. Here's so it. The other thing we need, though, is for things that are more like the IDW series to kind of catch on more in popularity so that we can have enough interesting side characters. Because, like, they're yeah. there and they exist, but not enough people know about them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're doing, they're doing their part and, you know, putting out, like, the games, <laughs> like, the board games, which, which are cool, yeah. but, like, at the same time, that's... Those aren't the prestige... Well, and like the board game company went under too. So, yeah, like that's over too. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. IDW yeah. games after the Batman one came out, they went under. So, Oof. yeah, they, they never came out with the Mutanimals expansion pack, yeah. which I'm really bummed about. But, yeah. Are you on the uh, the Facebook group, Spencer? Uh, which one? The, I think it's just like the IDW games Facebook group. I think, like, I I think they've, yeah. I think they've like put up whatever the kind of file is that you can download to 3D print the minis or whatever for oh, cool. the Mutanimals one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool I'll stuff. Another one last bit from the article that I think is noteworthy, though, that uh, Rosen says is that uh, there are opportunities for multiple TMNT games aimed at both young and more age groups and that Paramount can take multiple approaches to the franchise and not dial back to make the game something it shouldn't be. So the fact that Paramount seems like it's also opening up to kind of letting Turtles be, you know, not just for kids, but also something that can have parts of it that are for mature and adult audiences. Yeah. Like, it sounds like they're becoming more open to that. At least their games. So we can already yeah. see that with, like, Shredder being in, in Call of Duty. Uh, hopefully. So weird. 
yeah that's still it weird but it's weird. like but you're right that's like that's a part of this mm-hmm. um and it's kind of what i've been telling people for a long time like show paramount that you want this stuff put your money where your mouth is and officially support the stuff that gets you what you want and yeah. you know last ronin sold gangbusters i don't think we've seen the numbers for lost years just yet but also like the action figures are killing it you know yeah. the NECA one was my top was one of my top 10 figures from last year the playmates one also incredibly good um like i last ronin i think is going to be the future for kind of the not um the not mean tmnt i think that i don't know there's not a good term for it but do you get what i mean yeah no, like like Last Ronin will be like the adult corner for Ninja Turtles for mm-hmm. media on screen is what it kind of seems like. Yeah, which which I'm fine with. Um, like if it's not going to be IDW, even though it should be, like Ronin. All right, fine. Like Ronin's a story that people can jump into. Yeah, um, even though it is a mini series, <laughs> and the Lost Years is filling in those gaps. Um, yeah. It just yeah, I think. I'm glad that they're kind of opening up to that. Um, but if you want an IDW, you know, movie or something, buy, buy the IDW comic. Yeah. This and that's the thing. Getting game episodes. Yeah. And that's the thing is like the last Ronin, hopefully is just the beginning of all of this. Like they're, they're actually able to finally, hopefully see that. Okay. There, there's an audience here. There are people that will see this. Yeah. That won't be, you know, that won't all just be like, oh man you've ruined this for my children they'll never yeah. be able to you know because uh, that that's the biggest thing they're worried about is ruining brand operation with yeah and we and we you know our our almost three-year-old interview <laughs> with tom waltz uh like or is it two do we is it 2020 or no it's 2021 uh our almost two-year-old interview with tom waltz uh like he he talked about that like nick's not gonna let you know just the turtles kill you know in in the main pages and stuff so it's like it's got to be this version yeah they'll, they'll let everyone else do it but yeah, they'll let everybody else kill each other but not the sari do it yeah, they'll let sari do it oh man just wait till you read the most 38 recent. yeah oh i will wait <laughs> um let's see another little tidbit from that article is that uh team and t are coming to roblox so i think we're all a little too old for roblox in in this particular conversation but yeah. they are based on the the new mutant mayhem uh designs and they, look, they look pretty cute yeah which, which is fine roblox if you don't know is a very popular game um not quite like minecraft popular but um has got a good following uh i only i know about it my nieces don't play it but i do see the toys for roblox at uh like target and stuff so i know of it through that yeah uh, roblox but not telling you anything else yeah roblox is like baby's gary's mod you know so if you're if you're old enough to know what gary's mod is you probably should be i don't know if you're into gaming at all it's it's kind of like baby's game gary's I mod. Know what gary's mod is but yeah yeah I'm going to Google something separate. No, I'm not. No, don't look at my screen. Gotcha. Uh, all right. So that is that for the article uh, to bring it down. Now um, we just found out today. 
I personally found out from Michelle Ivy from Calabunga Corner. Um, so one of our favorite writers for the 87 cartoon who we've made jokes about, uh, uh, Michael Reeves, who wrote a lot of great episodes. Um, he passed away, uh, on the 20th, um, from complications with Parkinson's. And so, um, just, just a bummer. Um, cause we've, we've, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know that we, you know, oh, it's a Michael Reeves joint. Like that was one of my favorite things to say on this show. So, um, just to find out that, you know, he'd been suffering from Parkinson's, um, and just, yeah, it, it's just, it's just sad to find out somebody, you know, who, who took a lot of care. Like, cause we, we've joked that, you know, they're not good episodes, but they're fun episodes. Yeah, but he's written would, a lot of them too. I think maybe besides David Wise, he's written the most. And, and David Wise he, also passed away pretty recently too. So yeah, um, like, like like I said, like Michael Reeves has written a lot of the like the um, he introduced the Punk Frogs. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at his, so Invasion of the Punk Frogs. Um, ba, 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 the old Switcheroo was him. Leatherhead, Terror of the Swamp was him. Making a Metalhead was him. Your favorite, the Gribix. Yep, the Gribix. Uh, Rebel without a fin, and then Foot Soldier. Foot Soldiers are revolting. The Alpha One episode. So he made a lot of characters on, and that's not even like half the episodes that he wrote. So yeah, and and God, Splinter no more. <laughs> that where Splinter like has that existential crisis, and like becomes human again. Um, but but even not not just uh, Ninja Turtles, but like the man's career on like everything else. Like I mentioned it on Twitter today, like Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series. Um, you know, he's, he was on Beast Wars, like um, the 2002 He-Man, which a lot of people liked. Um, but also like going back even further, like Mighty Orbots. Uh, he was on the original He-Man in the Masters of the Universe, the real Ghostbusters. One of my favorite shows, Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates. Like, your dude was a legend. Yeah, no, definitely huge, huge writer for TV shows, especially if you grew up with cartoons during that era. I mean, he's credited on, like, Mask of the Phantasm, which is hailed as one of the best animated Batman movies ever, if not the best. Yeah, if, if not if not just one of the best Batman movies. Yeah. Like, um... He's done live action TV, like he's he's written for Star Trek and the old Swamp Thing TV show that I used to watch. Um, oh yeah, that I like randomly remembered had a toy line. But yeah, uh, so I just I wanted to mention that because the man deserved to be recognized, um, especially by us, because you know Michael Reeves' joint was one of my favorite jokes, and, and <laughs> we, you know, we liked a lot of all of his episodes. So, I. Uh, I don't know how to get out of that, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Michael Reeves, uh, passed away 72 years old. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. All so... right. So, so with that, uh, life goes on, uh, Spencer, what, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're sticking with the 87 series, so that'll be Season 7, Episodes 4, 5, and 6. So we're still stuck in Europe? Still st- well, yeah, there's 13 episodes, so we're still stuck in Europe. Episodes. We have Venice on the Half Shell, Artless. Artless, without art. 
That's what that means. Um, yeah. And then Ring of Fire. And it burns, burns, burns. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to let you make that joke before I did my part. Uh, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We really appreciate you guys every week. Uh, if you saw me tweet last week, uh, thank you. We officially have listeners in all 50 states. Woo! Yeah. So, I'm actually really excited about that. Yeah, that was that was a cool milestone for us to hit. Uh, so if you are the guy in New Mexico who uh, heard the call and decided to listen to us for the first time, we really appreciate it. Uh, it it's it's a cool milestone, and also cool like we uh, all of our other international uh, people too. Um, like, thank you so much for listening to us every week. We really appreciate it. Um, it 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 feels like it validates what we do. <laughs> yeah, I also want to say if you're that guy in Arizona who drove to New Mexico, turned on your location services, and then listened to an episode of our podcast. That's awesome, too. <laughs> I mean, that, that's fine, too. Yeah, like, if you gamed the system for us, like... I think that's almost Cody, better, right? I think Cody even said, like, he... Uh, <laughs> I think Cody said he drove to... Um, to uh, er, um, New Mexico for us. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Cody. Yeah, and, and I would also like to give a special shout-out since mentioning international listeners to Michael McDonald, who uh, commented on our post saying that, you know, he's been listening since the beginning, uh, which is awesome. He's from Scotland in the United Kingdom. So thank you so much, Michael, for listening to all 100 and, I mean, what are we at now, 15, 16 episodes of, of yeah. my ramblings, of our ramblings. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, thank you, dude. Um, and Shallon Rick, who's uh, in Mexico, like, thank you, dude. Um, yeah, guys, like, we we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. We love you. Take care of yourself. Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and. All right, that's our show this week then. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next week, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Snip. make this little puppy with the microphone icon for greg it is horrible 100 i did not make this bot it is something you can just invite (laughs) your server they're probably gathering everything we're saying right now and saving in some database they're gonna like uh what like the ai my voice and make make things out of it well that's what i'm worried about too is like you know our voices are pretty much out there and so yeah, it's, it's no. pretty easy to create AI versions of us. Yeah, probably. I don't know who would waste their time doing that, but you know, I mean, it, it's so much more entertaining to listen to like Joe Rogan or the former presidents or something saying stupid crap than yeah. it is to hear me. But you know, if someone wants to do it, I guess I don't really care. Just I always thought if someone made an AI of me, he would like do my laundry and shit, not just like 
say say stupid stuff for me, you know? Well, that's a, that, yeah. You're talking about it. You're talking about it like a robot. Yeah, that's what I want. If we're gonna make AI, I want it. To, I want AI to make my life easier in doing things that I don't want to do and not controlling all my writing and art. Yeah, I know, right? I I oh my. So that is my biggest issue with bots right now. Is it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. When I was a kid. And they were selling robots to me as a kid. They were like, they're mm-hmm. going to do all the crappy jobs that you don't do. And that way you can have time to do things you actually want to do, like art. And nope. you know, <laughs> Now it's, just... the robots will do the art so you have more time to sit at your desk and work for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. capitalism, baby. Yep. Oh, boy. But shouldn't it be so much cheaper capitalism than the robots do? Yeah, but then someone's got to maintain the robots, Spencer. Well, yeah. Art is subjective. <laughs> Oh man, what a bummer! Well, are you guys on? Are you guys on the uh, the boring dystopia subreddit? No, no. Okay, so it's the whole idea is that like all these dystopia movies and books and stuff are all like exciting, like into the world, you know, last survivor kind of stuff. But uh, a boring dystopia is like you're already living in a dystopia. It's just super <laughs> duper boring, and it's stuff like this, you know. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I wake up and go to my nine to five job, listen to my favorite song written by Bot Twenty One. Yeah. <laughs> For the three hundredth time. The Taylor, 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 been Taylor Swift bot. Yeah, the Taylor Swift bot. Makes the best Taylor Swift songs. Oh man, have you started watching Futurama yet? When he's like, I was all of acting's greatest robots. Thespomat, David Duchovny. I've watched like the uh, I love Calculon. I I'm, I'm in like three to four episodes and you know I, I've, I've thought it's funny I'm totally down to watch more uh it's just time yeah I get it yeah yeah I keep dumping a whole lot more time into like reading comic books and Nerd. working on this podcast and everything else I know dude I, I I read more comic books than I watch TV now it's really weird it's actually probably healthy for you and, and it's probably it's uh Odd for me to call you a nerd for not watching, for reading comics instead of watching Futurama, the nerdiest show in existence. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm like not excited that it's coming back. Me neither. I, I was kind of excited when it came out the first time, but like it's ended really good twice, and I don't think it's going to do it a third time. Yeah, exactly. Man, I guess I got to get caught up. <laughs> the new seasons were fine, but it's never quite the same, you know? Yeah, I didn't, you know, and that's the thing is like, I didn't actually watch all of the movies. Um, I watched Bender's Big Score and I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, it was fine. I didn't love it. And then I watched the second one. I can't remember the second. I think the, sec- the second one's like the Beast with a Billion's one. Back. Beast with a Billion Backs. Oh, Billi- Beast with a Billion Backs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I hated that one. And the third um, one's the third one's fine, but there's like a whole middle part where they just like go into a fantasy world and really don't do anything. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Um, uh, but like one? Beast with a Billion Backs like threw me off so much that I like I never finished it. Um yeah. and so I never I didn't watch the other two after that. Um and then the whole new season on on um Comedy Central I never watched either. But I did buy the entire series on D. And so, like, I have them now, and I could watch them. And I know they were, like, the movies were re-edited for TV, so they became, like, four episodes. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just haven't. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll get back to watching it. You know, because like I said, I thought it was funny. I was enjoying it. Oh, feature. I mean, is great. Yeah. No, I, I I liked what I'd seen so far. I'd seen when they go to like the moon and the. Uh... No, it's like just some boring theme park. You know, it's yeah. not the exciting. Yeah. We're whalers on the moon. We carry our <laughs> but there ain't no whales, so we tell tall tales and sing a whaling tune. I was I was at Comic Con this week, and I was talking to my dad. I was like, you know, I could have been like good at business or something, but instead, I know the words to "Whalers on the Moon" off the top <laughs> yeah. of my head. <laughs> uh, I feel you. You know, yeah. like, hey, Dad, uh, I record a weekly Ninja Turtles podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've read almost all of Green Lantern comics since. <laughs> Where's my mute button for it? Cough. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. It's down on the bottom. 